Well, we've got a treat for you today. I'm looking for him. We've got a guest speaker, uh, Brother Keith, if you want to come on up. Uh, we were talking about how the older we get, the worse our eyes get, and uh, he, he just got a little correction on his, so uh, that might be in my future as well. But uh, Keith Collins has roots here in Garrett County. Um, he pastored here in Friendsville many, many years ago. And then uh, he ended up in Florida uh, at the Brownsville Revival. How many remember that revival that happened in Brownsville? I think it was back in the 90s. I think I lose track of time. Uh, but uh, what a wonderful move of God that was down there. Keith was in the midst of all of that. And then he got into Bible school and planning a church and traveling. And you're just all over the place now. And uh, his, his wife is Darla. She's here. She's actually the sister of Pastor Jerry Merle, who is kind of one of our overseers that we work with, and you all know Pastor Jerry and his family. So Keith has lots and lots of roots here, and I've asked him to come and share the Word of God with us today. Would you make welcome Brother Keith Collins this morning? Good morning. Amen. Such an honor to be here, and it's, I told Pastor Day that the last time I was here a few years ago, we were, you guys were still next door, so what a blessing to see how the Lord has provided, and um, what an amazing facility. So I'm just really, really honored to be here. Thank you, Pastor Dave. And I don't see Patty. I saw her on the platform. But so good to see you guys again. I've seen a few of my friends this morning that, that I've known for several years. And maybe there's more that I'm not seeing. But um, I'm honored to be here. Darla and I are both just really blessed to be here. And again, the faithfulness of God. Amen. Amen. To see this vision come to fruition. First time I spoke for Dave, um, I passed by this morning the little Garrett County Cinema up here theater, and the first time I spoke, maybe 75, 80 people or so, and to see what the Lord has done, it's just such a blessing to see so many lives being touched and transformed in beautiful Garrett County, amen. You know, I, I have a word on my heart this morning that, that I want to bring, but before I do that, I just want to just speak just for a moment to, um, to the reality of God's faithfulness, and we talked a little bit about Paul and Silas in the jail, and then some of the songs were just powerful, declaring who God really is this morning. And I, I was thinking, as I've been reading through the Old Testament again, pretty intently over the last few months, um, really, it's, it's a narrative, really more a meta-narrative, or an, a, a broad picture of the nature of God with regard to faithfulness. Even when His people are not faithful, God is still faithful to His nature, Amen. And I believe as his people this morning, he, he wants us to rest in that reality. And he wants that to become cemented or, or firmly founded in our hearts. And I'm thinking just real quickly about the story where God strikes a covenant with Abraham. And that Abrahamic covenant that was even prior to the law that he gave Moses God made a covenant with Abraham, this, this powerful promise. And the story goes that they would strike a covenant in the Old Testament and they would take an animal and cut it in half and it was a binary covenant. Two parties would walk between the, the animal pieces and between the blood and that was called making a covenant in the Old Testament. But there's something unique about the story of this Abrahamic covenant. The Bible says that the Lord puts Abraham to sleep. Remember that? And then he walks through there and depending upon what translation you read, some said he was a, a fiery furnace or a smoking pot, but, but anyhow, the Lord walks between those animal parts. 
And I think the fact that Abraham was asleep was saying that God was going to be faithful to his promises even when man is not faithful to it. And this morning, as I look at our nation, as I look at the challenges around the world, and I've been blessed. The Lord's supernaturally blessed me. I've, I've been able to speak in about 37 nations around the world and have done a lot of different things. But no matter where I've been, I've beheld the faithfulness of God. Even when Israel would fall into idolatry and would begin to prostitute her heart out to, to pagan gods and demon gods, God would do something like raise up a judge or then the order of the prophets and then Samuel's kind of the, the entrance of, of this, this prophetic voice that God would use. And God's faithful to his nature even between the Old and the New Testaments. God always had a people. And, and I believe in America right now, despite the challenges that our nation faces, and some of them are very grave, let's be honest. Friend, God is faithful to his nature in this generation. Amen. And I believe God has a people. I believe some of those people are right here at Crossroads Church. And, um, and I'm honored to be ministering to you tonight. I, I want to talk to you tonight on a subject that I'm simply going to take from the book of Hebrews. If you'll turn to Hebrews, the 10th chapter this morning. I did have LASIK surgery Thursday to, to correct some challenges that I've had with vision for years. And I told Pastor Dave, I see great out there. Matter of fact, in southern West Virginia... I saw the velvet on a buck yesterday, velvet um, antlers, and I hadn't seen that in years. However, <laughs> I'm a little challenged with what's close to me right now. <laughs> so as things are kind of coming back into focus, I'll probably use my, my readers here a little bit this morning. But, but listen to the book of Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Some think Paul wrote this, and there's definitely some, some Pauline sayings here. However, we don't know for sure. But anyhow, we know it's inspired, and it was canonized. So it's part of our scripture that we have. So Hebrews, the 10th chapter, and verse 35. Now, we, it starts with the word therefore. That means something was said prior to that. And for the sake of time, I'll just tell you that the writer is reminding the people of God that they've come through things and they've made it. And God's been faithful by and large. That's, that's the meta narrative of, of, of this chapter. But he comes to verse 35 and he says, therefore, or because of that, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Listen, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, and who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Now, one more verse here to start this. Um, the book of Jude, verses 1 through 3, of course, only one chapter in Jude. Similar sound here, a little different um, meaning because of what Jude is addressing here. But just listen to Jude, verses 1 through 3. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, a brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was with you, or beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you, excuse me, concerning our common salvation, that was his desire, he said, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Why? Because certain men have crept in unnoticed 
who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness and denied the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, two different scriptures here, but both having a, a similar feeling where the writers are encouraging the believers in Jesus Christ, those that call Jesus Lord, to go forward in our faith, to be faithful to the call of God. Hebrews says, listen, we have need of endurance. And I'm going to use that as my title this morning. Friend, we have need of endurance in America in the year 2022. We have need of perseverance. In the book of Jude, the writer Jude is saying, listen, earnestly fight for, contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Now, the difference here is that in the first century, already false teaching had come into the church. And the book of Jude is actually written to combat what scholars simply call antinomianism, which is a perversion of grace. But he says, listen, you've got to fight for the faith that was delivered to the saints. You've got to be willing to persevere and endure even in the challenges that you're going to go through in your life. And listen, I, I believe that we find ourselves... Um, amid a, a cultural season, even within much of the church that can be categorized as hostile towards the truth of God's words. Now, we can talk about statistics today. I'm not going to do that. I can give you a lot of numbers and quote Pew and Barna and all these different research institutions that I, I do read their, their statistics from time to time because I do like to know what's going on in the culture. But, but it, it doesn't take... Um, a rocket scientist to even turn on any news station and see what's going on, see what's being promoted and even hailed as good and noble. And so we, we find ourselves in, in this cultural shift that we have seen over the decades that now brings us into what I believe great conflict with the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my, my intention is in no way to be political. My intention this morning is to be biblical. However, I believe the Bible addresses culture. It, it addresses family. It addresses children. It addresses husbands and wives. It addresses government. It, it addresses everything that we have in our midst. And, and as a people that follow the Lord, even though culture has shifted and in many ways has become antichrist. I remember the first time I preached at the Brownsville Revival. I preached a message back in 1998 on a Thursday night. And um, I, I talked about how that, that America has, has, has gone so far backward culturally and even morally. And, and I remember how I, I quoted some things that were glaring back then. Things like there are musicians now that, that, that sing about raping their sister and sodomizing their mother. And I won't mention the guy's name, but, and that was 20 years ago, 22 years ago or so. But now when I look at our culture, some of those things that I saw are even tame compared to what we are seeing in this generation. And the fact of the matter is, friend, we don't just have one answer. We have the one and only answer this morning. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus Christ. Listen, if there was an incurable disease and a scientist, a research scientist, doctor came up with the, 
the, the one thing that would kill that disease and cause people to live, how many of you would believe that we would fight to get that remedy in our bodies, right? Can I tell you something? When we look at the sickness of our society, when we look at a culture that on many levels is imploding upon itself, when we look at a culture, and I, I, I type some things here um, about what we're seeing in this generation we're seeing a natural implosion of society that's being played out before our eyes as the family is under siege. The creative order of male and female is under siege. God's pattern for marriage is under attack. Basic honor and respect is under attack. Um, ungodliness and perversion are being held as good and moral. The, the, the right to have an abortion is not just something that is a right, but now it's something that there's such an aggressive movement to, to, to make sure that that stays in place no matter what the cause. And, and we're watching an entire culture drift away from the moral foundations of the Word of God. George Orwell, and you've heard that, that saying about being Orwellian, but Orwell said years ago, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those that speak it. So listen to me, um, even in the church, I believe there's been a, a great rise of, of heresy and even apostasy in the church. Heresy, um, the, the twisting or the perverting of the gospel, but even apostasy, the, the complete leaving and walking away from the faith. Even leaders that one time I looked at their lives and their ministries and gleaned from them. Some of them are saying now that they don't even believe that, that God is real or that Jesus is the only answer. Friend, this is the generation that we find ourselves in. However, God is faithful. Now, if you study history, I, I'm a history buff. When I study civilizations, when I study empires, when I look at the Roman Empire... At one time, the greatest empire on the face of the earth. There is a primary reason that the Roman Empire imploded upon itself. And it was because of the celebration of perversion and ungodliness. And as a result, it, it weakened that, that empire at the very core. And when a, a nation, when a generation begins to celebrate John Wesley, the great Methodist, said, what one generation tolerates, the next one will embrace. And I say the next one will celebrate and even promote. When we begin to promote things that are clearly anti-Christ, as good, as loving, as beneficial, then, friend, culture begins to implode upon itself. Now, I want to give you some points here, but let me say this before I do. I believe, not matter of fact, I don't believe, I know that we are supposed to be the most loving, welcoming, warm, caring people on the face of the earth. And I, and I believe that's who you are. I, I felt that when I walked in today. But can I tell you something? Being the most warm and loving people on the face of the earth does not mean that we are able to compromise the truth of God's word. I tell people, if there was a child up on the road and, and an 18-wheeler was coming and four or five of us were standing there, it would not be love for us to watch that truck run over that child. But we would aggressively sometimes go and we'd snatch that child out of the way of destruction. And I believe we find ourselves in the midst of a culture, in the midst of a generation where there are forces attacking the word of God, the family. 
the ministry, friend, that this is an hour where we must earnestly contend. We must be willing to fight for the faith. We must be willing to even suffer for the faith if need be. And let me, let me share some thoughts with you this morning here. How should we respond as the people of God to the current cultural dynamics that are being played out before us, even here in Garrett County? Number one, we must endure in purity, and I'll say and in the fear of the Lord. Let, let me read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 1 through 5 to you. Paul said, finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, what your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Your vessel is your body, of course, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter. Because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has also given us his Holy Spirit. Friend, we must endure in purity. In a generation where oftentimes it says it doesn't matter what you do and how you live as long as you believe Jesus is your Savior. You can live. Friend, Paul, very agree. Listen, I'm not talking about legalism. I'm talking about, an, like, like Pastor Dave said this morning, not just knowing about God, but I'm talking about knowing God and as a result, Him empowering us through His love to walk in righteousness and purity. Why? Because His grace provides us the power to do such. Paul said, listen, remember that you have been called to purity, to holiness, to righteousness, that we should be a different people. We should live different. We should talk different. We should have the word of the Lord in our hearts, the, the songs of the Lord in our breath. We should be a people that when the world looks upon us, they say there's something different about that people. We must persevere in righteousness, in purity, in holiness. And even in the fear of the Lord, you know, Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. We need a revival of the fear of God. And I'm not talking about, oh, we can't talk. I'm talking about he's who he is. He's holy. He's pure. He's righteous. We must persevere in the fear of the Lord. Number two, this is important. Every one of these are important, but, but I felt this is something that we need to hear. We must also endure in fellowship or in community. Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Friend, we need more than just a Sunday morning experience. This is important. You should be here every service, I believe, every time the doors open whether it's your 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock or whatever you do through the week. But listen to me, this is just the beginning. The Bible also says that in, in the book of Acts chapter 2 that, that they, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and they, they would go from house to house, they would break bread together. How many of you realize we need each other more than ever in this generation? 
We need to be a community. We need to be a family that is supportive of one another. We must endure in community, in fellowship. It is not just put my time in on Sunday morning, put my tithe in, and I'll see you guys next Sunday. Now, understand we all have busy schedules, but I also understand that we must make time to be with the people of God. There is something life-giving about fellowshipping with other believers. And I believe as we see the, the hour continuing to get dark more and more and more, we must make time for one another, to pray one for another, to, to, to be there for one another, to encourage one another, to, to help one another, even with, with um, you know, even working around our homes. I mean, anything we can do to be a blessing to one another, I believe the Lord smiles on that. And his mercy is extended in those situations. So we must persevere and endure in fellowship. A couple more here, three more. Number three, we must also endure in persecution. 2 Timothy 3.12. Yes, Paul said, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Now, why is this? Now, listen, I've, as I said, I've been around the world. And some of my dearest friends are part of the persecuted church. And I have been snuck into places that's against the law of that era for me to be into because I came to teach or preach the gospel or to exhort pastors in different parts of the world. And some of them have actually had lashes and their, their kids have been caned and, and a bunch of things like this and, and they suffer persecution. But, but can I tell you something? There is something about the truth of the gospel even now in the United States of America. Listen to me. Why will we suffer persecution if we live godly in Christ Jesus? Why? Because the truth of the gospel will always contradict the spirit of the age as we fasten ourselves to the absoluteness of Jesus being the only way of salvation. Jesus came to bring a sword, it says, and he came to, he's the prince of peace, but he came to bring a sword. Why? Because a sword divides. It, it, it separates the, the faults from the truth. And there's something about the message of Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. In other words, there's not a, a Hindu way and a Muslim way and a, a, a Taoist way. I mean, there, there's one way, and his name is Jesus Christ. And friend, when you stand on that truth and you proclaim that truth, you will suffer persecution. It's not that we go out and we're belligerent and obnoxious. I'm not talking about beating people over the head with a King James Bible, nothing like that. Now, I'm just simply saying that if you declare in 2022 in the United States of America that Jesus Christ is the only way, some will applaud you, but many will call you narrow-minded, bigoted, hateful, not full of love because you believe there's only... In other words, you believe that, that people can be in Islam and love Allah... And, and, and follow Muhammad the prophet and not go to heaven. Yes, I believe they have to come to Jesus Christ. That's, that's the absoluteness of the gospel. And friend, Jesus said, the world hated me and they'll hate you because of me. Why? Because Jesus comes to deal with the heart of humanity. The rich young ruler said, Lord, I've, I've, I've been faithful to the law. I've been a devout man. Jesus said, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. What's he going for? The heart of humanity. You see, we can't have 
multiple lesser lovers in our lives. We must love Jesus first and foremost. We must have a single focus and a single eye. And that causes us to be a people that will suffer persecution. But even in persecution, God is faithful. And oftentimes it's the blood of the martyrs that prophesies the loudest into our generation that God is faithful. And that he has preserved his church throughout the eons of time. Number four, we must endure in prayer. James 5, 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Why? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Friend, I, I still believe that the prayer is the greatest mandate on humanity. That this priestly role that you and I have, that we can enter into the holy of holies and commune with the living God and capture his heartbeat for a dying generation. Pastor Dave mentioned revival a little bit. Listen, friend, every great revival was birthed in a prayer closet somewhere, in a season of prayer. We must be effectual and fervent in prayer. Thessalonians says to pray without ceasing. There's this mandate upon you and I in this hour more than ever before. Pray for our children. I've got seven grandchildren now, man. As I look at our generation, my prayer life has changed completely because I know the attacks they're going through. I graduated high school back in the mid-80s, but, but looking at what they're going through now, friend, we need to be a people of prayer. Garrett County needs prayer. And this is who we are as the people of God. Num number five, you can stand with me this morning. This is my, my last point. Not only must, must we be faithful in these areas, the area of purity, the area of fellowship and community, the area of perseverance in persecution, the area of prayer, but let me encourage you with this last point. We must also endure in hope. How many of you know we have a blessed hope this morning? Let, let me read something to you that will bless you this morning. Maybe you've not read this in a while, but listen to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. The Apostle Paul again says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep or those that have died in the Lord, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And what? The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter how bad it gets out there this morning. It doesn't matter how grave persecution befalls the church, even in America. Friend, we have a blessed hope. This, the old timers used to sing, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Remember that? The treasure, my treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Listen, friend, this is not the, the final chapter. Now listen, we are, according to Ephesians, we're seated with Christ now in heavenly places. But friend, there's a blessed hope that awaits us. This is not the end of the story. Jim Elliott, and I'll close with this. The missionary that was martyred by the Alka Indians in the 1950s down in Ecuador. He said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. I want you to bow your heads before the Lord this morning.
maybe you're here and, and you're going through a, a great struggle in your life and maybe it's been hard to endure. Maybe your faith is even being challenged. Maybe it's because of a sickness. Maybe it's because of a loved one. Maybe it's because of finances. There, there's multiple things that will challenge our faith. But can I tell you something, friend? You have need of endurance. But not only do you, do you have need of endurance, you have a supply of God's love and God's grace that will equip you to endure. I, I found something out. He's more faithful to my calling and to my life than I am to my calling and my life. And when I've learned to, to lean into his grace, there, there's something about that grace, not just the grace that saves us, but Paul speaks of this empowerment called grace that gives us the ability to live in righteousness, to pray, to love one another, to see beyond this present world into the world beyond. And this morning, I want to pray for you. Maybe you're here and you need to say, Lord, I, I'm coming to you this morning and I'm laying everything down. And Lord, I, I, need that, I need that faith. I need that blessed hope this morning. Maybe you're here and, and you're being tried in your faith. And, and this is the morning where, as we talked about earlier, those, those chains can, can break off of you. Listen, I, I, I've had friends that have suffered for the gospel, and I've talked to them about their experience, whether they were whipped or put in prison or whatever, and they have told me that there was this enablement from God, this grace that came upon them that sustained them. Some of you need that sustaining grace from the Lord this morning. Let me pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to us in this place today. Lord, that you have a church. You have a church in Garrett County, Maryland, Lord. You have a church in this region. You have a church around the world that is faithful to the call of God. And Father, dis Father despite the, the attacks of the enemy, despite what the enemy's trying to do in our culture, wherever that's at, whether in education, wherever the enemy's trying to come in, Lord, I pray right now, strengthen your people to persevere. Strengthen us to endure. Strengthen us, Lord God, to, to walk out our faith in boldness, knowing, Lord God, that you hold the end of the story in your hand. And, Lord, that this is only a fleeting moment of time compared to eternity. So, Father, this morning we choose to be faithful. We make up our minds to be steadfast. We say, Lord Jesus, our lives for the gospel, our families for the glory of Jesus. Take our lives, Lord, and use them to bring glory to your name in our generation as never before. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning.